0: You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, episode 57, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. interview.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Sci-Fi Fidelity. It's Mike and Dave with you here. And we've got an interview edition of the podcast, and this is a topic that We have another podcast for called The Sandbox. It's been in existence since season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we really were excited when we found out that we were going to be able to talk to the showrunners, executive producers of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. about season six, which is just off to a raring start, Dave. And it couldn't have come at a better time, I think.
0: Right. And every season up to six has been 22 episodes. And we now know we're only getting 13 for season six. And it's interesting to see how they're going to handle that, because I don't really feel like there were very many filler episodes among the 22 each season.
1: Right. They separated them into pods, as they called them. And so that made it very tight writing. But we assume that 13 episode seasons will be equally as tight. And that so far has been the case. Now, we talked to Jed Whedon, Marissa Tantra Rowan and Jeff Bell, all three executive producers of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., before the season six premiere. I tried to make it clear to them that we were (laughs) recording it for a podcast that would come out after the premiere, but I don't think they really clued into it. So you'll see that they're keeping it spoiler free in this interview for season six. Although obviously we're talking about uh, all kinds of things that happened up through then. So just as a way of introduction, you might know that Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancherone are writers, but they're also married and they've been a team even before that in the writers' room of Star's Spartacus series. And they both, of course, wrote for Joss Whedon projects like Angel and Dollhouse. So they took on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. during Joss's directing stint in the MCU. And now they're here along with fellow executive producer Jeff Bell to talk about season six. And after the interview, we're going to talk a little bit about the season and how it's been going so far. So enjoy the interview that we had with them just before the season began. All right, we're here with the executive producers of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll start off by introducing Marissa Tantaruan. Welcome, Marissa.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And we're also here with Jed Whedon. Marissa and Jed get all the best scripts to write. Welcome, Jed. For having us. And, of course, can't leave out Jeff Bell, executive producer, alongside the other two. And uh, it's great to have the three of you on board. Welcome, Jeff.
3: Hi. Thank you very much. Okay.
0: All right, now I'm sure you've been asked a million times how Agents of Shield fits into the greater MCU universe, especially with Infinity War and Endgame. So, did you go into season six and seven writers' room knowing it wasn't going to need addressing, or does the MCU not tie in so much this late in the game anyway?
4: I'm I'm sorry, we don't know what movie you're referring to. Endgame? We haven't yeah, heard what of that. that? <laughs> yeah. You know, we 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 went into these seasons knowing that there would be some groundbreaking or earth-shattering storytelling going on in the films. And so um, our approach was always to avoid it for for multiple reasons. Uh, We decided to be uh, pre-snap, as we say, mostly because of scheduling concerns or or fluid scheduling ideas. Uh, We didn't want in any way to step on anything they were doing. So the safest bet for us was to avoid it completely. There, you know, it's a big machine with lots of moving parts, and we didn't want to cog up the works in any way.
3: Yeah, if if we were we were told we were going to be out in the summer, but then sometimes things get moved up. And it would, if we had tried to tie into a to the time issues that come up with Endgame, and then we suddenly got moved up, it would be a huge spoiler. Couldn't do that, and it it just complicated everything. So as Jed said, it just made more sense for us to just take our story before all that happened.
1: All right. Well, the actor playing Phil Colson being a very different character, we kind of are going to miss a very specific brand of sarcastic humor. Even when things were serious, Phil always had a nice little joke. With things starting out kind of heavy at the start of season six, is there someone who's going to maybe be picking up the slack for Phil's wit?
4: Um, for sure. He's he's taught them well. And uh, we definitely have a plenty of characters who can carry the humor you know, that being said, I think we'll, you'll see Clark Gregg bringing a different side of his humor to this character. But, uh, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on and, and are very proud of our actors and their ability to to carry the humor and carry the, the emotion as well. So I think everybody's up to that task.
2: Yeah, I think even with the absence of Coulson, we were fairly confident that the distribution of wit and sarcasm um, could be evenly placed. There's no shortage of it. There's
1: no shortage of it. Yeah. I'm expecting big things out of Deke in particular.
2: (laughs) As we always do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of the things
0: I have loved about agents of shield is that it's always managed to keep its fight sequences tight and controlled, but there's also something special about Chloe Bennett's one shot fight scenes. And I'm not sure if fans truly appreciate how difficult those are to execute so what goes into the decision to film a one-shot as opposed to a more traditional multi-camera, heavily edited sequence?
3: Well, a lot of it goes, and this is true of our actors in general, you know, they can, they can do the fighting. And, you know, as we know from all the Hong Kong movies or the, you know, The Matrix was really the American film that, that changed all that. But when you can put the actor really doing it you know, really throwing the punches, doing the kicks, doing the falls. When you can put them in the middle of the action, it just seems so much more intense, so much more real, so much more exciting. And everyone's good, but, you know, Ming and Chloe in particular are amazing at that. And so that allows us to do, to think about it in the room in a very different way. And then for our stunt team to put the story together that way and for the director to shoot it. So it really goes down. I mean, it's a testament to our actors that we're able to to do that. We don't have to hide them with, you know, somebody else
4: or
2: with cuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been very fortunate to work with exceptionally an exceptionally talented stunt team and department and since the beginning, but yes, it's been incredible to see our cast members just grow over the years and basically become masters in their own right. Like, of fighting, of choreography, of skill, all of it. And so of course, we want to take that opportunity and highlight it with our our fancy you know one shots. but uh, it it takes it takes a lot of time and preparation, and often we don't have that much time <laughs> to prepare. so that's also a testament to how great everybody is.
1: Now I want to talk a little bit about Mac because Henry Simmons is really stepping up to the plate here. What should we be on the lookout for Mac in terms of not only his evolution as a leader, but also in his relationship with yo-yo?
4: Well, you know, the, we saw with Colson in earlier seasons that being made director changes things. It changes your relationships and it changes, you know, the way that, you know, heavy is the head that wears that crown. And so, I think that Mac will be dealing with some of those same issues. Um, they're compounded by the fact that, you know, he's following in the footsteps of a man he truly admired and, and truly loved. And I think he, at some level, we will be afraid he cannot live up to the the legacy of of Philip Coulson. So he's going to struggle with some of those uh, leadership conflicts, both in- internally with himself, wondering if he is making the right decisions, and uh, with his relationships, um, it's hard to be close to the agents you're giving orders to. So I think he'll have to work through some of that uh, this year.
0: Now, as S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization rebuilds, you'll be adding supporting characters, and I get the sense they're not just a bunch of red shirts. So what can you tell us about some of the new characters you think will resonate with viewers this season?
2: Well, there's... We, they've already been established, but uh, I think we dive a little deeper or to just highlight them a little bit more, the dynamic between Agent Piper and Agent Davis. Um, yeah,
4: we definitely spend some more time and unpack them a little bit more. And yeah. And we've fallen in love with those characters. And, um, you know, we always... The fun thing about TV is, you know, you bring people onto the show and then because there's time and you spend more time with them, you start to unpack more about them as actors and them as characters. And so we'll do some of that this year.
1: But of course, there's also some shield rebuilding in Max base as well. Is that correct? They have uh, some more agents on board.
4: Sure. Um, Yeah. A couple new faces and uh, you know, you don't want to spoil anything, but uh, we'll definitely get to know them over the course of the season and, and hopefully they'll bring some new flavors too.
1: To the show. Now uh, you mentioned Davis and Piper, and they've been sort of lurking in the background forever. But you know, they've both done done some very important elements of the plot, and now they're going to be very significant. How much does fan reaction to characters like Piper and Davis play into how long they stay around? Or did you already know that was going to happen?
3: Well, I was going to say, you know, usually fans react the way we do. Yeah, you know? exactly. What 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 we see in somebody is usually uh, reinforced once the character gets on screen.
2: Yeah, and as soon as we say to each other, "Oh, we'd like to see more of that character," we start to see that also on the internet. Of course, that just it always makes sense to us.
3: I think oh, what was wow. surprising and nice for us was we liked the two actors individually, but they really have a nice sharp chemistry with each other, and I, I think that was an extra bonus that 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 took who they were to a new relationship, a new depth for us.
2: I, I believe there are many fanfic spin-offs <laughs> ventures of Piper and Davis. Yeah. Okay.
0: Now, space has been such a big part of the last couple of seasons of agents of shield, but it's always been a background element. Even before that, was it important for you to create your own kind of culture for the Confederacy that felt separate from the MCU, even including guardians of the galaxy, which had sort of the same feel to me anyway.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, the fun thing for us is every time a new uh, movie comes out or a new franchise is launched, we sort of get a new sandbox to play in, and, and there's no one doesn't want to play around in space. So, yes, we, with the Confederacy and with the stuff we were doing in season five, we were trying to, you know, nod to to the to the tone that had been established in those films, but also find our own ground and and. We do a lot more of that this year. I think that uh, fans are gonna be excited to see uh, the the, uh, the nooks and crannies of space that we that we explore.
1: Now you're currently filming season seven, I believe, and that was right on the heels of of wrapping season six. I'm sure did you treat that like uh, sort of like the twenty three episode season except twenty six of course, two seasons together? Or did you get a little bit of a sense of tighter writing, tighter storytelling with the thirteen episode season
3: well we all you know we always when we have twenty two we've always felt that was too much story information for people to remember at one time, so we've always broken that down into smaller pods, and so coming with thirteen allowed us to to sort of create that way, and so this thirteen can be can be its own piece. And then, you know, of course, there's always a uh, a connection to the next season. But, you know, we didn't have to do a lot of subsets within this because of its convenient pocket size. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I actually personally very much enjoy that aspect of it. And I know Dave is the same. Uh, but, guys, we want to thank you so much for talking to us today about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. This has been fun. Great.
3: Right, thank thanks you for your so interest. Much. so much.
1: All right. So that was a fun discussion with the executive producers of agents of shield. Like I said before, they weren't able to share too much, but they did have some fun insights to share. And of course my favorite thing about that interview is that they confirmed that we should stop worrying about the fact that there's no Marvel cinematic universe tie in for this. They're just ignoring it altogether. It's pre snap as they say. So let's not worry about whether or not half of the world's population has been decimated. I was happy that they confirmed that.
0: All right. And that's going to put a lot of shield fans at ease so that they don't have to worry about that anymore.
1: Right. And I think it does bother some people that there's no Marvel cinematic universe tie in for the show. And in fact, one of the, our writers at den of geek wrote a whole article about it before we had the interview where he was speculating about that. What does it mean? And, and there was some confusion as to uh, what the premiere said about those tie-ins. So, actually, Dave and I are fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a show unto itself, separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and have been for quite some time anyway. So, for me, it was kind of like a relief to not have to worry about that, having not seen Avengers Endgame.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, we're fans of MCU, but... Not hardcore.
1: Not like we are for shield. Right. So uh, we just want to do a quick discussion. uh, And if you want to hear more of agents of shield and our thoughts on that series, you definitely have to check out our other podcast, the sandbox, which goes episode by episode all the way back to season two. That's at the sandbox com. But the couple of things that I want to mention that they weren't able to address in the interview because they were trying to keep it spoiler free is the fact that we did get to see Mac in charge. We did see shield in this rebuilding phase. And I kind of liked that we got to see a logical progression after a number of seasons in which shield was either branded as a criminal organization or they were in hiding altogether for other reasons. So that's kind of nice to see that they're now trying to recruit uh, people to a new shield Academy and that we actually see some people working At the Lighthouse, which is S.H.I.E.L.D.'s new HQ.
0: Right. We have now somebody that's going to lead the new S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. So that's pretty cool.
1: And then the two separate storylines. This is nothing new for S.H.I.E.L.D. They like to keep the team separated, especially at the beginning of seasons. And they inevitably bring them back together. But I like the fact that Daisy and Simmons are together with, of course, Davis and Piper, as we mentioned there in the interview. But Daisy has come into her full Quake powers And actually, I think we can attribute that to the uh, centipede serum that she took at the end of season five. And now she's got a real sense of control and is able to quake apart weapons That's straight out of the comics. And I definitely appreciated that in addition to her working with her good friend Simmons to try and find fits.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, as you alluded, Piper and Davis with Daisy and Simmons is perfect. And, and, you know, you you mentioned where the sass is going to come from. I think it might end up coming from Piper and Davis.
1: Yeah, they did have a bit of playful banter between the two of them and obviously some chemistry going on there. I also enjoyed seeing the new character Keller joining up with Yo-Yo in a logical progression for that character, even though she had been with Mac. Some people might be mourning the demise of that couple but i think it makes sense for mac to be the loner as the leader and that makes sense for the evolution for his character and i think yo-yo and keller although they still have a little bit of work to do in developing keller's character so far so good (laughs) you know
0: yeah yeah and the other thing about piper and davis we don't really need to worry about them as a couple because she's already made it clear that he's got a wife and a child and, and she's on board with that, that, that they're just good friends.
1: Right. So I'm definitely enjoying the uh, dynamics that they've built right from the start. Obviously with season, with episode two, having recently aired. And by the time this podcast comes out, even a third episode will have come out, but you've got Fitz on this redemption arc, which is really kind of cool because he actually is the Fitz that is coming out of the actions of season four with the framework. He's still seeking redemption for his evil actions when he was Dr. Fitz in that other world. Right. So it's kind of a throwback in a sense. And I like that we're seeing Enoch and Fitz from kind of a earlier perspective than all the other characters.
0: Yeah. So, And then, of course, there's Sarge and his team of dimension hoppers. I like that.
1: Oh, my gosh. The development of this team has been rocket fast and yet super solid. In the first episode, we only got to see them introduced with a lot of jargon being thrown around. We're not sure what they're up to. But by episode two, of course, they become, you know, we start calling them uh, by their first name very quickly. And there's even a little bit of a flavor of that video game portal I don't know if you've ever played that game but where I have not where you shoot a portal on one wall and another portal on another wall and you can walk through them uh, even if gravity is in a separate direction just is going to have a lots of fun not only with fight scenes because you know that's going to come into play it already has with some of maze fighting but just the idea of these high-tech scavengers from another world and what is it that they want and how are they going to be brought down? if indeed that's what happens. So just a great setup for season six, I think.
0: Yeah, no, uh, no question. No question. And and the fact that still there's that little nagging voice in our head. Is that (laughs) Colson? Is he holding something back? Yeah. You know, he gives us that line shield, never heard of it, but yeah, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Is it a parallel world scenario? Is it another Colson from another reality? Or is it a completely separate person altogether? And then what's the explanation for that? And it's interesting that this discussion that we're having very quickly comes together with the interview. And and mainly it was just because the interview was a bit short. We wanted to sort of flesh things out. But I do think, although Marissa Tantrone and Jed Whedon in particular, do a lot of interviews in which they have to keep things spoiler free and are mostly successful at that. I do think that they gave us a nice sense of what we can expect from these plot lines and the character development and the enjoyment that we'll get even though Phil Coulson's not around. So I really appreciate that uh, Jed Whedon, Marissa Tancherowen, and Jeff Bell were able to take out some time to talk to us about one of our favorite shows, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But what we got coming up next that's uh, one of the shows that you review for Den of Geek, Dave,
0: Yeah, Mike, we are going to take a look at Lucifer season four, which made the move to Netflix after its abrupt cancellation. And by all accounts, and Netflix isn't generally free with their viewership numbers, but it's apparently one of the most binged shows on the streaming service.
1: Yeah, I think people are seeing it in their list and then going, oh, what's this show? I got to watch season one and they just binge straight through it, love it, enjoy it. And certainly the audience response has been big. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about Lucifer. It's just been a show you've enjoyed since the very start, even before all the hype, right?
0: Yes. Oh yeah.
1: So tune in to that discussion next Sunday, but that's going to be it for this episode of sci-fi fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US and we are at sci-fi fidelity.
0: In the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you access it. Be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or in an email to scififidelity at gmail.com.
1: Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.
5: Say hello to a new era of mental health care.